Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Yo, brother. Popping on this Mike Izzle. On the one Mike and the two Mike. So this is our last episode before we are together again face to face. Unchurched podcast. What are we what are we considered? Heathens by most Anchors, people's standards. Hosts. There it is. We're not hosting anything. Whatever. Unite. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, dude. I was trying to do like the whole, you know. Avengers. Unite. Oh. Is that what they said? Unite? No. But the whole thing's stupid, so we'll delete it. They said... Avengers, assemble. Yeah. But yeah, Unite works too. Fuck it. Happy recording day. (laughs) Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. excited a little bit got a little bit of a semi going i'm kind of getting excited now we're trying to get (laughs) stuff okay well let me back up here and explain let me explain something to you i don't get excited to do things no matter how cool they are till like maybe the day but usually the night before does that make sense even if it doesn't, that's how I've been my entire life. All right. The night before, I'm like, it's harder for me to sleep. I'm ready to just be doing it, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So for me to be excited now, that's a big thing. I, I, then I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, like the last three or four episodes, but now you're finally... And I haven't cared. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that'll happen. (laughs) Now that we're getting closer, I'm like, all right, what do we got to do to get ready? I want them to be comfortable, make sure I got the stuff they want and need. I'm getting in it, you know? Yeah, buddy, I get you. Oh, dude, I uh, we're excited. We're all happy to be heading down there. The uh, yeah, we've been making a lot of preparations. Oh, I got a short story for you. So the wife's like, uh, I don't want to take our car seat down there because you know 
Delta Airlines, they just trash all your shit, right? They're like, they're going to throw it around. They're going to break it. And it was an expensive piece. And we're going to have to come home and buy another one. And I'm like, how do you like preemptively decide that they're going to destroy your car seat? She's like, well, look at the way they throw around the luggage. I'm like, and we still use the same luggage. It's not broken. Yeah, they're just going to destroy the car seat. And I'm like, all right, here we go. So, so me and Brooklyn are talking and I'm like, well, you know, hey, if you can find a car seat for free, go for it. But if not, don't worry about it. We'll figure something out. Well, G gets on the swaps and all that and she, uh, she finds a, a car seat. Well. And I probably shouldn't even say this on the podcast, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we get there, get to the house to pick it up. Lady opens up the door, comes outside. Jenna's looking down. I'm looking at the house. I look inside and all I see is like boxes at the door, like as tall as the woman going up on both sides and like like they're moving boxes like boxes hoarder like, boxes <laughs> yeah like you know newspapers from 1973 type of stacks so you're like oh like, we got the wrong house sorry bye i'm like oh here we go here we go she just happened to have two strollers one was brand new in the box and the other was already assembled. And so she's out there talking to the lady, blah, blah, blah. And I'm and then she calls me. She's like, hey, come here. I'm like, what? She's like, which one do you want? And I'm like, take the one that's already, take that one. It's already assembled. It's already put together. And then, uh, you know, I'm just like, whatever. In hindsight... I should have took the new one that was still in the plastic. (laughs) But so my argument is, it's like, well, if we're going to take somebody else's thing, car seat on this trip and it's, and it's going to get beat to shit the way that you're afraid of. And we have to give it back to them. They're not going to want a broken car seat. We're going to have to end up buying them a new one. So if we're going to be buying a new one anyway, we might as well just take ours and then buy a new one. Yeah. That's my logic. Right? Her logic is still, I don't want to break ours. We pay good money for ours. I don't want to have to replace ours. I'd rather break somebody else's. And I'm like, okay but we're going to have to replace theirs. And she's like, well, she doesn't want it back. It was on the buy give. And I'm like, or the buy nothing page. And I'm like, but she's going to want it back. Well, I offered to give it to her back, but she didn't necessarily say that she wanted it back. And I don't know, dude, I was so confused. It was so much like mother talk that I was just like, whatever so I 
Hmm. You know, I had the thing outside for the last, you know, day or so. Just airing it out because it smelled like uh, smoker slash pack rat. So, and again, I'm not trying to be mean. God, forgive me. I'm not trying to be mean at all, bro. But it didn't smell nice. And so I took it apart. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it, take this thing apart. We're just going to wash all the, you know, stuff that's on it. We're going to wash it. So I get all of the padding stuff off of the car seat. And beneath all of that was just like decades of food and crumbs and shit. <laughs> I pulled out a quarter that had a bunch of food all over it. You can barely tell that it was a quarter. Then I pulled out a dime that literally had a raisin that was welded onto it. Welded? <laughs> It was disgusting, dude. I literally took a zip tie. I, I had a black zip tie. Pretty hefty. And I was just like brushing in between the cracks and just getting out all of the old Cheetos and Ritz crackers and animal crackers and cookies and just stuff that was just everywhere. And I'm just kicking myself because I'm like, you dumb shit. Why didn't you just pick the one that still had the plastic on it? At least that one would have been clean. Even if it stunk still, you could have just washed the padding. At least it would have been clean. Yeah. So I'm an idiot. I'm thinking like, oh, let's just take the one that's put together and already assembled. And that way I don't have to assemble something. Well, now I wish I had taken my time to assemble the other one. So. Lessons learned. Yeah. So, and I'm like, well, what if we end up, you know, it's not destroyed. Now we have a second car seat. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just lean towards your side of the, of the scenario. Um, I can keep one in my truck. You can keep one in your car. So now we have two. And now I no longer have to, you know, switch the car seats from vehicle to vehicle. Now we both have one. There you go. But I still think she's going to give it back anyway. So when I was cleaning it up, I I had washed all the cushions. I did all the deep cleaning with, you know, Clorox wipes and all this stuff. Cleaned it all out. And um, once I finally got it back together, I was like, I don't care what she wants. She's not getting this back. I just spent the last hour and a half cleaning it out. Now it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> now you get nothing. Now I'm keeping your stroller. Or not stroller. Car seat. And then the wife was like, well, I already told her that we're, we're going to bring it back to her. I said, well, now you got to retract that because no, she's not getting it back. I just I just spent all this time cleaning it out. So it's clean for my kid. Now, no, she's not getting it back. Sorry. So. No take backs. Yeah. Don't be an Indian giver. <laughs> 
So, yeah. My balls grew like six sizes by the time I was done cleaning this stupid fucking car seat. All that just to travel. But you're worth it. You big bear, you. So then the other big thing is going to be, you know, trying to figure out how to get Max comfortable on day one to sleep. That's going to be the kicker. Because I know me and you, are, we're going to go hard for like four days straight. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I might go medium. You're going hard. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have a blast. And it ain't going to be a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, maybe on the first night, if we go hard enough, you're going to go to want to go to bed early, but. Um, yeah we'll figure it out we'll have a good time no matter what if it's raining for the first couple days that we're there we might it's only 30 percent it was higher so it was 50 from what you showed me initially but yeah Yeah, so if it's now if it's now down to 30 we can go to the beach by the time uh wednesday gets here Go to the beach. We ain't got no beaches, bro. We landlock. Fuck, if you got alligators, we you got We do have beaches. gators. <laughs> In the marshy, swamp, flooded cornfields. Oh, God. I could just hear the prez right now. She's like, you need a geography lesson. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, they're only like a half hour away from you guys, right? Hour and ten minutes, but yeah. Oh, shit. We'll talk after this. All right. About cool. I'd love to see them, but I ain't driving an hour and ten minutes to go. We can meet halfway in St. Louis or something. That's the opposite way. We'll we'll chat. We'll chat. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to do it on here. No one cares anymore. Again, I need a geography lesson. Here's another thing in my life, though. Yeah. I'm the proud owner of Dogecoin. Oh, look at you. I did it, bro. I did it. Buying the dip. Should have. Oh, I did. Oh, you did again? Oh, yeah, I bought in the dip again. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did. Dude, I was watching like a hawk this morning. It kept like, I mean, it dipped and then it dipped a little more. And then I'm like, I'm going to hold on for like 20 cents. And my wife's like, it's not going to go that low. And I'm like, you don't know. Yeah. But she was right. It never went that low. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, man, I've I've been getting into this whole... I know I've said it on here, I think, 
crypto thing, man. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not like dumping thousands of dollars or anything, but you know, of course not. Put a little here, a little there. It feels good to make money. It's no doubt about it. Hey, and if we both make enough money, then uh, we can retire early and just do this full this podcast full time. Yeah, on our private jets or yachts. Uh, or on FaceTime like we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what a lot of people do, man. They get a whole lot of money and they spend more, right? And they get bigger and bigger, bigger stuff. But yeah, I just want to. It's so easy to lose your shit that you'd be better off just living debt free and be a whole lot happier without that pressure. Yeah, for sure. You know, I only want to be able to afford like a few fancy things and then just live okay. Yeah. I ain't trying to have I like just... gold rim toilet seats and, <laughs> you know, five I just want to make enough money to have a bidet. You know, you don't make enough money to buy a $99 bidet right now. I put too much money in Doge. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't freaking sell next time it dips. Uh, Next time it dips, I'll buy some more. It's my logic, at least. No, it's all good, man. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad for you. I'm glad you did it. Oh... Now you just got to move on to the other one that I gave you. But we'll wait to bring that up on the podcast maybe another year from now. Word. So. I mean, I got a few, I got a few irons in the, in the crypto fire. Nice. I ain't going to share all my info though. No. Did you throw money in the last one that I gave you though? I honestly don't remember the last one you gave me off the top of my head. Mm. So we'll have, to, right. we'll have to chat later. All right. Uh, part B of the conversation after the podcast. And this is so rude and disrespectful to the listeners. We're no, sorry. No, it's not. I ain't giving out personal shit like that. Yeah, we don't need to give out stock tips on this podcast. It's the Unchurched Podcast. Plus, you, ain't want, you don't want no stock tips from me. <laughs> oh, no. So that's the thing, right? The sooner you throw out some stock tips and people start losing money, then you're the asshole, right? Yeah. So blame it on other people. Uh, no doubt about it. So we got Max a, uh, a, a water table at Costco the other day. You ever heard of that? It's a no big plastic table that you fill up with water and it's got all these little fish and like sea animals in there. Plastic, of course. And buckets and scoops, nets and stuff like that and just play in the water. So Max woke up from a three hour nap today and uh, we promptly went Gave him lunch, 
took him outside. He spent the rest of the afternoon standing at that table playing in the water. Just having a blast. By himself. <laughs> Neighbor's kid came over, played with him for a little bit, for about an hour, and then the rest of the time it was just Max playing around at the water. It's amazing, man. This kid is like so independent in the way he plays. Kind of drives me nuts. It's like, dude, you got six kids around you. You don't want to play with anybody. You just want to play with a stick. Really? That's it? You got six other people around you. But that stick is more important. I just think that he's cursed to be my twin, an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to talk to anybody. Don't want to talk to nobody. Don't need any new friends. Don't know nothing. Nope. I'm fine playing with my stick. I get it. It was fun. We've been having fun being outside, sweating our balls off, and then he sleeps like a baby. So... She put them on our snaps if you're interested in looking at the videos. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's super cute. All right, 20 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's my turn. So I did want to talk to you about something I wanted to ask you. Um, about this. So, I don't know, the last couple days, the this question has been in my mind um, about prayer and just Christianity in general, the, the way we do life as Christians, being unchurched. Um, you know, I think about it like... Uh, if we were to step back into a church, it has to be a reason, right? So, like, it, it, the last time I walked into a church, it was for a funeral. Uh, you know, before that, it was for a wedding. You know, the last couple times before that, it was for a wedding. <clears throat> and, and so, uh, my thought process was along the lines of, you know, stepping back in the four walls, there has to be a reason to get me back there. And most of the time that reason is, is not fellowship with God. And just being honest, like these reasons that I'm going are not so that I can have fellowship with God, my creator. They're not so that I can worship in the company of other believers. I'm going because of an obligation that, you know, sad to be said, is greater than God at the time. So, <clears throat> as I thought about that, I, I started thinking about prayer and just evaluating my own prayer life, which is something I've been doing for the last month or so. 
I've been evaluating my own prayer life. And uh, the way I view my prayer life today versus when I was actually in the church. And, and right now, I still have a lot of... Um, I still have a lot of hang-ups in my prayer life, in my own personal prayer life. I still have a lot of hang-ups. Um, I don't know. I guess it's kind of hard to say. I kind of still feel a lot of that obligation that I felt when I was in the four walls of the church concerning my prayer life now. At least those feelings have been hitting me. It's like, well, you, you need to pray. You have to pray. You have to pray. You have to pray. And that obligation is just, it, it's felt like it's been there. Um, and it's been hitting me hard lately. And so the question is, you know, am I starting to treat my prayer life the same way I treat the four walls in that if I'm going to the four walls it's for a specific reason so am I am I is the unchurched way of doing prayer is it I'm going to pray because there's a reason that I have to pray like my friend is sick my mother is sick my father is sick I need to pray um Money's getting tight. I need to pray. We need to get, you know, shit done. Um, there's a crisis. There's an issue. I need to pray. A part of me is like, there is a bit of acknowledgement in that uh, I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm in desperate need and I'm trusting that God is the only one that can bail me out. So I'm going to pray. So that's one thought process. The other is, um, if prayer only happens when it's obligated because of something like that, does that prayer have less meaning? So I've been bouncing around all these ideas and just trying to formulate my opinion. Uh, and, and I feel like I really do have a strong opinion about it. Um, but it's not so strong that it's concrete right now. So I wanted to talk to you about it and kind of get some of your feeling and thought processes on on prayer and the reason why and maybe even give me some insight from your perspective as to God's point of view if prayer has been reduced if you will for lack of a better way to put it if prayer is being reduced to being more obligatory I need this and you have the supply so I'm going to ask for it Right. Well, I would first say uh, Jesus kind of goes over this in the Lord's Prayer. So, screw my opinion. I'm going to just get all biblical. <sighs> all 
right, bro. So the Lord's Prayer, if you don't know, is in Matthew chapter 6. And it starts at verse 5 and ends at verse 15. And um, verse 7... I'm not, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing because you can go and check that out for yourself if you're interested. But basically, it's, you know, he's starting off in five saying, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites because they want to be seen, basically. You know, they're out in front, they're loud. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so in, in verse seven, He's saying, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So that, to me, is maybe helping answer kind of what you're struggling with, because for, and here's why, I guess, for one thing, you have the guiltiness of only praying when you need something right and i think where that guilt comes from is being raised in the church the four walls whatever and being taught that we need to pray all the time without ceasing which is what the bible says i mean that's biblical as well but that i mean <laughs> how do you pray all the time without ceasing yeah you can't do that when you're given a presentation at work what does that mean? You know? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that right now. My point that I want to make is, or that I, I guess I'm trying to figure out with you maybe, is um, that guilt comes from we have to pray at every meal. We have to pray when we wake up. We have to pray at lunchtime. It's almost like um, Muslims. What do they pray, five or seven times a day? five and it's just the ritual of it you know and over time i think it's really hard to keep that a pure passionate thing you know what i'm saying because it and that's my opinion so maybe i shouldn't get into my opinion because i'm trying to <laughs> preach from the word of the lord but anyway in in that verse uh, verse 7 you know, for, for they think they will be heard for their many words. They think they're doing this out of like a, a, a boastful, well, if I, if I say all the, all these words and if I, if I just make this mark happen, right. And that's not the point. The point is in verse eight, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Sure. So as humans, we're, go we're going before God and praying. We're not telling God something he doesn't know. Like if you believe that God is God and he is omnipresent, he existed in the past, he exists with you right now, and he's also in the future right now, which can be a mind fuck, I know. <laughs> And it makes no sense because what, why would that make sense? He already knows, man. So do you think there's some formula for us to get our prayer answered? 
that's not the, that's not like, that's on a whole other thing. I don't think that has anything to do with prayer. And again, this is me, my opinion, but just from what I know about the Bible and these verses, don't be like them for your father already knows what you need before you freaking utter a word. So then he says, pray like this. And he starts worshiping God. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need. You're freaking awesome. You're God. I worship you. I love you. Like, it's about him, right? And in this prayer, when you read it, there's really no ask. Except for, please forgive me of my trespasses, of my sins, because I'm trying to forgive other people that's really in this prayer specifically at least that's the only ask the other part of the prayer is about worshiping god because he already knows so that word before means you don't even have to ask he knows so when you're praying and you're wondering if i should pray more pray less I think the real thing is, what's your relationship with God look like? Because if you're following him, and you're worshiping him, and you're praising him, and you're, you know, you're doing that thing, he's got you, bro. You might not have to ask. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it's horrible shit, like cancer, or dealing with fucking pain that's like unconceivable or you know really tough shit yes that's okay i'm not saying not to ask i'm just saying i don't know i guess you know in your marriage you should know your spouse enough at some point i would imagine where you don't really have to be like hey is something wrong you already know something's wrong be why How do you know that? Because you already do life with them. You commune with them. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense, actually. So, I guess that's a long version of answering your question. I don't think you can pray too much or too little. I don't think that's about you getting something. Because the point of prayer is not about you getting something. The point of prayer is to worship and commune, like talk to your creator. Yeah. You know, and I I think that this is um, essentially exactly what I, I, I guess I needed to hear to be reminded of, you know, the things that you're saying. I, um, I, I truly do believe that that prayer is a whole lot more than asking for stuff and that there is a communion aspect of it. The, the fact is, is that the reason why mankind was created was for communion with God. Right? Like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And blah, 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 blah. You know, the rest of the beginning of Genesis. But it goes on to say, And the Lord said, Let us make man in our own image. And, um, and the purpose of it was so that we would be together for communion. Yep. And the actual Hebrew word that was used uh, by Moses was koinia, which was the most intimate of fellowship is basically what it means. The closeness of relationship, that word speaks of intimacy. And um, I truly believe that, I don't know, I I guess I'm still figuring this out and, and coming to grips with it. Because I truly believe that prayer is not just asking for stuff. It's communion as well. I really believe that. And I've believed that for years, even before I left the church. But there's still this stigma in the back of my head that's just like, uh, like there needs to be something so much more and so much greater and some level of discipline to it and and in such a way that there's a consistent time and a consistent you know consistent part of the day and on and on and on and i'm i'm doing my best to just work that out of my system because i truly believe that like this morning max was nutting up this morning boy did he have a time I put on some some music, some gospel music, which I often do when Max is getting upset and it's just me and him. And I'll throw on some old school gospel music and just dance with him <laughs> in the kitchen listening to music. But today I chose uh, Kirk Franklin's Love Theory. It's a great song. Incredible song. And, and and all his music, all Kirk, all Kirk Franklin's music is, is incredible. Um, but this song in particular, I fell in love with about a year ago or so, whatever, when it first came out, because of just the words of the song, you know. Uh, but listening to it and dancing with Max and just kind of like worshiping this morning, I felt like that was prayer. Because it was in the midst of, you know, the chaos of trying to calm my kid down. I literally had an awareness of the presence of God. And in my literal awareness of his omnipresence, I felt like it was a moment of worship and it was a moment of acknowledgement of his existence AKA prayer. Yeah. I wasn't asking for anything. I didn't ask for him to calm my kid down. 
or to give Max peace or to shut him up from screaming. I didn't ask for anything. <laughs> I put on some music, started dancing around, was singing the song, felt his presence, and it was an acknowledgement of his presence, and I was good with that. And I guess if I can just kind of explain my where I'm going with my definition of prayer and where I'm going with my uh, where I would like to get to because I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting there but my emotions I'm kind of like so torn in my emotions just because of my upbringing and because of the the doctrine of the four walls but where I'm trying to go is that asking for something a-okay it expresses faith and trust that in the relationship that you have with God who has and owns everything and is able to do for you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. Right? That's what the scripture says. I believe that's what the scripture says. I believe it in my heart and therefore I'm going to ask for whatever it is that I need. But that cannot be the only definition of prayer for me as an unchurched individual. I can't live by request to request and think that that will sustain my relationship with God. I need those moments of chaos where I turn on a song and I start dancing in the kitchen with my kid and I feel his presence. I need those moments as well. And I, I guess for me, I don't necessarily ascribe to that's worship and not prayer. Because I, I, I guess I'm getting to this point where, or the end result of where I'm trying to get to is the understanding that there really isn't any difference between worship and prayer. That they both fall under the same umbrella of communion, communing with him. Yeah. It, it's like it falls under the umbrella of relationship. So it's like in my marriage, we can have family time together where every morning we get up and we turn on some music or turn on the news or whatever and we just shoot the shit all together. We have breakfast together and that's beautiful, right? But then my wife wants special time with just her. And so tonight we baked cookies together and that was good quality time between the two of us. This morning, my wife wanted to clean the house. I took Max on a, a two-hour walk, and we went to the park, and we had fun, and went around the neighborhood and just freaking just had a blast together, running around, tiring him out. And he needed that. But it all falls, for me, all of that falls under the same umbrella as family. Of course. And so... 
one can't be judged better than the other or more essential than the other. It's all essential. It's all important to do because it all encompasses family, marriage, fatherhood, or marriage, parenthood, family. Like it all means the same thing. And that's where I'm trying to get to, I guess, in my logic when it comes down to to my relationship with God. It's like asking for stuff. Yeah, that's prayer. But also these other moments that may not necessarily happen every single day or for an hour at a time or two hours at a time. It doesn't matter. These moments still happen. These moments are still important. And therefore, they they can be considered worship. They can be considered prayer. You can call it whatever you want to. But at the end of the day, it is still part of the overall relationship that I have with God. And it's simple moments like that that keep the relationship going the same way it is it is in our marriage. Like I don't like last night we sat down together and we watched a movie. Good quality time. My wife loves watching movies together. That speaks to quality time with her. Great, we did it. Doesn't necessarily mean quality time to me, but it means quality time to her. Quality time to me is. You sit outside with me while I smoke a cigar and drink some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk to me. You know, we have a conversation. That's quality time to me. We all have our differences of, of opinions of stuff, right? But either way, the point that I'm getting to is that we don't do that every single day. Yeah. I don't watch a movie with her every day. She doesn't sit outside with me while I'm smoking a cigar at the end of every night. And even if there's a few days in between us doing that, it doesn't stop our marriage. Tonight, she watched the show by herself while I was sitting in the garage while it was raining, smoking my pipe. We're still married. We still love each other. We still care about each other. It didn't affect our marriage. I'm still going to go lay in bed next to her tonight. Well, marriage is unaffected. The thing I keep going back to in my head is... Uh, a relate like a relationship where someone is using the other person only when they need them. You know, like that's a very good point. And I don't care who it is, but let's just say, uh, well, let, let's take my wife. Okay, I'm married. So what? What if the only time I talked to her was when I wanted something from her? And the other times I ignored her mm-hmm. or I would put her down and be like, shut up. But then when I, when I want something, she needs to be on it. Like that's not a healthy relationship by any that's means. not a healthy relationship. Right. And that, Agreed. that's a user. And that's, yeah. you know, I think that's what, and this is just my opinion. So take it with a grain of salt for sure. But I think that's what several people think of when they think about prayer in that I have to always be praying. I have to always be like on my knees or in my prayer closet. Like, dude, when I was younger, I would pray for, you know, anywhere from, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour and a half or something. 
Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, I, sometimes it was very passionate and emotional. And at times I had no idea why. And I haven't done that in a long time now. Why? Yeah. Does it matter? Or was it me growing in my relationship and learning? And I'm not trying, like, when I say this next thing, please don't take it the wrong way. Because I don't mean, like, I've attained some level. But, like, maybe now I don't have to do that all the time. Or on a much regular basis. Sometimes, yeah. And sometimes I have, but it's definitely not weekly like it used to be, you know? And I don't know, man. I think a lot of people get it twisted when they're, they just, they think that if you don't pray, like, like fold your hands and people see it and like whatever, that then when you do pray, you're being, you're, you're just using God. And it's like, well... Yes, if you don't ever, like, if you don't have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's a thing in the four walls that I wish was talked about and maybe taught a little different because we're not Jesus. Like, Jesus prayed all the time, but he only lived to be. 33 I think and he had a very specific hard fucking thing to do oh yeah and was perfect the entire time like I can't live up to that (laughs) oh yeah by the way never sinned a second of his life and thankfully (laughs) I don't need to because that's why he's so freaking awesome but like Yeah, I think we overthink certain things and just take what the Bible says. And I know we say don't take everything you hear at, you know, face value, but I think certain things like Matthew 6, yeah, or 5, what is it? Matthew 6, 5 through, you know, 13 or so. Try taking that kind of at face value. Hey, you don't have to get out and be like, oh, look at me. I'm praying to the Lord for bounty and miracles. (laughs) Bounty. (laughs) This is the 14th century. Yes. (laughs) My squire, you shalt write down every word from my mouth. Hitherto until I am silenced by the devil. I don't know, man. Oh, boy. Squire, yeah, prayer is a great thing, and it's definitely needed. And it can, especially at times, be a huge uh, piece of armor and a sword. You know, spiritual warfare is a thing, and things being said from the mouth bring life and death. I fully believe that. Just if for no other reason other than the Bible says it, that God spoke and shit happened and we're made in his image. Why would we not be the same if we now have his Holy Spirit living in us? 
But yeah, no doubt. That's not a get out of jail free card and a cancer free card and a get my baby to shut up, please, because I'm going insane card. Like, right. That's it's that stuff's for us. And right. yes, he's concerned with us, but we also live in a fucked up, cursed world where shit's going to happen. And we can pray for our will to be done. But just like that, dude, I've watched people I love die. And I said, and I'm not boasting in this. It's just, I took it from the Bible and I learned how to pray this way because literally what Jesus said in the garden, God, I don't want this. Please take this away from me. I am Mm -hmm. begging you hear my cry. But if it's your will, then let it be done here on earth and in heaven. That's a submission. That's a, I'm telling you what I want, bro. Or not to mm-hmm. dumb down God's authority, but you, you feel me. Of course. But if you don't, and it's not in your will, let it be done, man. Cause your will is above mine. I'm not God. You're God. <clears throat> People forget about that. We just think we're blessed and highly favored as are you. And we just shouldn't wait in lines and we shouldn't be ever mad. And we, you know, shouldn't ever stub our toe and shouldn't feel pain and no one should die and cancer shouldn't be here. I shouldn't get diabetes because I eat like a fat pig. I can just pray it away. No, you can't idiot. (laughs) Don't pray for your own will. That's not what prayer's for. Mm. Prayer is for what? Read Matthew 6. Ain't about you. The only part that was about you was forgive me of my shit because I'm trying to forgive other people of their shit. Mm-hmm. And good loud. It was my hanky. <laughs> Take up an offering, boy. <laughs> Seriously, though, man, don't overthink it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's kind of weird, too, that you, you wanted to talk about this tonight. Because I was kind of chatting with the wife earlier about praying before we eat. Yeah, y'all still do that? Every once in a while. But not no. really. No. And, like, at first I felt guilty. Hmm. And then I had to question, why do I feel guilty? Like, I was just talking with God, like, an hour ago. <laughs> Why do I have to like do this ritual thing? Because if, if that's the reason you're doing it, then it means nothing anyway. Now, if you're sitting down and you're literally, God, I thank you for this meal, man. I'm so privileged. You've blessed me. Please let it nourish my body. Amen. That's awesome. But if you're just doing it because, you know, well, we've always done it. Yeah. I don't think he wants to hear it. <laughs> Yeah, me either, man. I we don't do it anymore. But we don't we don't bless our food. Air quotes bless our food. We just eat it. And frankly, I can't tell you a single person in the Bible who's ever blessed their food. Yeah. Just right now off the top of my head, I I I don't know. Jesus Blessed the, the last food. supper, but did he? 
I mean, wasn't him? Well, no, maybe not even there. No, it wasn't a blessing. The only time that I can think of where the scripture says that he blessed the food is when he multiplied the two times he multiplied the fishes and the loaves. First time he did it, he did it and fed 5,000. The second time he did it and he fed 7,000. Yeah. I don't know. Point is, it's okay to bless your food and pray for your food or whatever, but like the guilt that comes from not doing it is like ridiculous. Sacrilege. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Sila. Yeah, I'm with you there, bro. So again, I, I, I think of well, we've talked it out, and I appreciate the conversation, as always. Dude, I do too. I love um, talking about stuff like this. And I've had these notes in here for how long? They're more oh, like at least a month. More like bullet points. I've been wanting to talk about this for a minute, so I'm glad you pushed it on me. Uh, it wasn't even on purpose, bro. I, I'm telling you, it was simply because I was just thinking about my prayer life and my relationship with God. Just me personally on my own, unprompted by you. You didn't say anything or anything. It was just me just thinking it through. And just evaluating, once again, another indoctrination from the church that I needed to deal that I needed to deal with. And it's something I've been trying to deal with. I, I honestly, we've talked about prayer before, and I've given my opinion on prayer plenty of times before, and you have as well. Uh, but still, I think. This is what people need to understand when it comes down to Christian maturity, especially when you're unchurched. You're going to constantly be challenging things that you think and challenging things that you believe. I think it's a very healthy thing, and I think it's something that you should be doing. You should be challenging your belief system. You should be challenging the things that you've been taught while you're in the church. You should be. The only faith that is true is faith that has been tried. That's it, man. Sila. Mm-hmm. Now you can now you can take that back to your mama and chew on that for a little bit. But the fact is that the only faith that's true is the faith that is tried. So you got to challenge everything because the only thing that you can really stand on and say that this is truly true to me, this is absolutely true to me, the only way you can do that is if you try it, is if you challenge it, if you allow it to be challenged, either by you or even by other people, you know? I've had plenty of times where people come up to me like, why do you do this? Why do you think this? Or why do you say this? Or why does your church believe this? Worthy challenges. 
that need to be explored because blind faith is not faith at all. I understand what the scripture says. <laughs> the evidence of things not seen. I get that. So before you religious clowns email me saying, Why are you doing blind faith? <laughs> Good combo, bro. Yeah. Yeah, good. Very good. I am going to need to hop off here next... soon. I've got like 20 text messages waiting for me. <laughs> I can't wait to see you, brother. We're talking three days. We'll be in each other's company. You'll be in my and, arms, uh, embracing me fully. Full embrace. <laughs> Full frontal embrace. You know what? We're going to pray for every meal. We're just going to relive <laughs> our childhood. <laughs> I don't care where we are. Like, we might go to a brewery. Fuck it. Let's all join hands and pray. pray. You got to pray over the beer. Lord, bless this beer. May it not make me as drunk as it's going to. That's probably Believe sacrilege. It. I'm sorry. Forgive Lord, me. Lord bless this beer. Let it rise in alcohol in ABV <laughs> before the before the last sip. Uh, all right, let's call it. Man, how cool would it be to have a beer with God? Yeah, he and then every single beer that we have is excellent and then the last one that we have puts us over the top huh yeah having a beer with god every beer is excellent and then the last one the last beer with god is over the top it's the strongest one it runneth over it's the it's the best one i'm that the analogy goes back to the the marriage in canaan when you turn the water into wine, they yeah. say that you save the best wine for last. <clears throat> but now know, that man, I had what... to explain it, that it's no longer funny because I had to explain it to you. Yeah, thank you. Or you're welcome. I don't think God would drink. <laughs> and on that note, unchurchpodcast.show. <laughs> Email us info at unchurchpodcast.show, Instagram and Twitter at unchurchpod, and um, we appreciate you listening. Hey, if you if you got some comments about this topic, this conversation, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you and engage with you. Um, next time we get together, we will be in person, and uh, hell, maybe we might go live on Twitch or something. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, now you want to do Twitch when we're sitting right next to each other? <laughs> That's Instagram some old man life. shit. You want to... <laughs> you, want to... you want to do some Instagram live? <laughs> oh, Alright, I'm out of here. Peace. Never mind. Peace.